Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about waking up to the subconscious via our nocturnal dreams. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, we'll learn to befriend the unknown and her deep well of wisdom. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. Welcome back to the season two finale of Psyche Magic. I can't believe we are wrapping a second season of the show that has become so incredibly special to me. I've learned so much from my guests and from sharing dream stories with you all, and I cannot wait to do more. I'm already brainstorming ideas to bring you even more magic with season three in the fall, and I welcome your feedback. You can email me, DM me, whatever you please. I'll be sure to post some polls on our Instagram stories as well. Let me know what's working and what you've been enjoying, what you would like more of, less of, and any other notes you may have. I would love to hear from you. I actually had a listener send in a dream question via email recently, so I decided we'll be starting a new segment called Dear Dream Diary, where I read and respond to listener questions. So keep an eye out for that as a bonus episode next week. I'm doing some really fun collaborations next month with another of my favorite witchy spiritual mental health podcasts, The Tarot Diagnosis. They've invited me to be a guest on their show and to co-host a dream workshop with them, which is such an honor. So I'll be sharing more about that in the coming weeks as well. And if you're in Nashville, I hope you'll come out to the Mind Body Magic Fest hosted by Triluna Wellness and One City on Sunday, April 30th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Their mission is to celebrate realistic wellness that is free of diet culture, community care, and activism rooted in mutual respect and grounded in love and support for the local artists and makers that create magic every day. Yes, please. I will be setting up a table and doing some one-to-one shadow work tarot sessions. I absolutely cannot wait. Okay, that was a lot of announcements, but it's the season finale, so bear with us, y'all. You are in for a treat with today's guest, evidential psychic medium and co-founder of the Oakbridge Institute, a center for mediumistic and psychical studies, Michael Mayo. I've been lucky enough to take several courses with Michael at Oakbridge, and I absolutely cannot stay away. The community he and the equally fabulous Megan Elisa have created there is truly incredible. I was so honored that he wanted to be a guest on the show to talk about his dream world, his beautiful and meaningful work, and his excellent new book, Spirit Speaks, a step-by-step and evidence-based approach to genuine spirit communication. 
I thought in the spirit of this special episode, I would finally share a brief version of my own story that led me to my mediumship journey. The week of my 33rd birthday, I had an experience in one of my therapy sessions that I couldn't explain, which I've come to understand as an STE or spiritually transformative experience. I was in a session with a client who was talking about a loved one who had passed away and I suddenly felt a very abrupt change in the atmosphere. What followed was an almost overwhelming sensory experience, tunnel vision, muffled hearing, a hyper awareness, almost as if time were slowing down and a strong energetic sensation above my left temple, almost as if someone were waving to get my attention and I was feeling the air displace. This was followed by what I have described as a weighted blanket of love sensation, which my client actually commented on and felt as well. I took the rest of the day off, went home and did some earthing and grounding in my backyard, gathered myself as best I could and went to work as usual the next day. I know myself and I honestly would have probably written this off as something mundane or a fluke if the experience hadn't repeated in the exact same way the following day with a different client who happened to be talking about a different loved one who had died. Same exact sensations, same progression, all of it an exact replica. I could no longer ignore it. And when I told my therapist about it later that week, she suggested I make an appointment with a medium she had worked with in the past. She had had a really positive experience with this person and felt a lot of trust. I had never worked with a medium, nor did I know much about the practice. Growing up in the fundamentalist Christian church, I was taught that this was evil and to steer clear. But I trusted my therapist and I trusted myself. I genuinely felt like this was something I needed to understand more about. I called and booked an appointment. This medium was booked several weeks out and went about my business. In the meantime, I suffered an immense and earth shattering loss. I got news that a former client had died by suicide I grieved deeply and intensely, wearing black for weeks, questioning my own worth and competency as a therapist, struggling to make sense of it and release the feeling of guilt and fear that I had somehow failed this person or done something wrong in our work together. It was one of the hardest experiences of my life. Sometimes it still is. The appointment with the medium rolls around. I'm walking her through my back-to-back experiences I had with my clients, and she's confirming for me that these are in fact mediumistic experiences. What I was sensing was genuine spirit presence making themselves known. I'm sitting with this realization, bewildered, wondering what to do next, when she suddenly says, I have a young man in spirit here, and he's really insistent to talk to you. My heart fell through the ground and I let her know that I was afraid. I wasn't sure I wanted to do that. 
I had also been indoctrinated with fear-based rhetoric that if someone takes their own life, that they could be in a bad or dark place in the afterlife. She encouraged me that the messages she brings from spirit are always from a place of love. And I took a deep breath and told her that she could continue, which I now recognize as her excellent ethical practice in this exchange of consent between us. She proceeded to give me piece after piece of accurate and specific information about my client, his case, and our work together in therapy. Information I had never shared with anyone due to the confidential nature of the therapist-client relationship. She then shifted into telling me more about his story of how he decided to end his life contributing factors and choices he had made, and encouragement about how helpful our work together had been despite all of this. But then I think the piece of information that moved me the most was that she described in detail the loved ones he was with on the other side. After an extremely difficult life, she confirmed he was safe and happy with the very same safe people he had described to me in our work together. I had an intense emotional release. I even feel it now as I speak about this. Understanding that while I had a role in this person's life, their life was never and could never have been my responsibility. This has changed the way I practice as a therapist and my own sense of boundaries in my work and personal life. It was a transformational encounter, and it opened me up to what has been a miraculous and fulfilling and sometimes difficult journey of coming to develop my own mediumistic abilities, slowly and often clumsily, with the help of the kindest and most patient teachers I am eternally grateful for this. So thank you for listening. And now without further ado, let's get into my interview with the delightful Michael Mayo. All right. Michael Mayo, welcome to Psychic Magic. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm happy to be here, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Yay. Absolutely. Thank you for wanting to do my show. I am very honored. Okay. So, Michael, we have a lot to get into because you know that I am just such a nerd about mediumship and I want to talk about all the things and I want to give our listeners just a good taste of what this stuff is and what you do. So, Let's dive in. Let's get a little guidance. I'm going to pull our card. Let's see what spirit has for us just in this way. Michael, do you ever use tarot? Are you like a tarot person? Many, 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 many moons ago. Yes, I would have done that many moons ago, but not as much now, but I love tarot. I'm just like setting the intention of a little guidance for the conversation, just seeing if there's something something here for us. Okay, here we go. We got three of wands. I love this card. I low-key love this card. 
I'll describe it just quickly for the listeners. This is a person who's standing on kind of like a precipice. It's not necessarily a ledge, but there's a sense of looking outward and going into kind of the great beyond. He's wearing this cloak. He looks very regal. He's got three wands surrounding him. So these are these staffs and they have these little green buds of growth on the staffs. And he's holding one in one arm and he's just looking out into the open. So yeah, three of wands. What does this do for you? What happens when you see this? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It does plenty. (laughs) So Right now, that actually fits so much with where I'm at right now in my life. Like literally the conversation I was just having before I got on here was about where I'm going next, what I'm doing, how am I doing it? And that card so easily symbolizes uh, that concept of just what are your options? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what does the future hold for you? And it's not like this is a card, like, you know, the ace of, I think it is wands or something like that, where there's sort of like a hand coming out from the ether giving it to you. Instead, this card is saying, what do you want to do? What's the journey way forward for you? Because you get that image of him kind of like looking out, knowing that he's almost planning his next step. And that is precisely where I'm at. Amazing. <laughs> we love that. We love yeah. feeling seen. Like that's just, it's just a good feeling. That's what I tell people. Like for me, tarot was my kind of gateway into connecting with spirit was just pulling a card regularly and feeling really seen over and over and over again. Like, okay, something is being reflected here. That's really real And experientially over and over again, that did a lot to sort of solidify my trust in spirit, like my relationship that you're going to give me something that I can take, right? Like, yeah, that's really cool, Michael. I love the wands in particular is that feeling of taking action. One must take their own action. And what I love about that card in particular is the surveying. Yeah. It's sort of like, okay, what choice should I make? What action? And what of my tools that I mm. have garnered is right for this task, right? So he's holding multiple, or there's multiple staffs in it. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm ready to kind of take yeah, exactly. Here. Yeah. Like you said, it's definitely a card of decisive sort of action, but I like that you keep referring to just the next step that I'm focusing on right now, right? Like I'm not trying to see the whole path ahead of me. I'm just surveying in terms of what will my next step be. And for me, that is a very grounding perspective to keep coming back to. And you talk about that in your book too. Like, can you just focus on the next step? Just (laughs) take the next step. So yeah. Yeah, you don't know where you're going other than the next step. And and honestly, I think in some ways that's a really helpful perspective because we spend so much time thinking about the future, thinking about where we're going, or we're looking in the past, right? And we're staying stuck in yeah. the past. And I was reflecting on this myself just the other day because like, you know, when you get busy and you have your own business and you have your own life and all the things and you're always thinking about, okay, what's the next thing I need to do? What's the next thing I need to do? Where's the next mm-hmm. place I need to be? What else? What else? And I was exactly. And, and I was sitting, standing, pumping gas, <laughs> right? One of those few moments where you don't get you're a just, choice to do anything yeah. else. You're just standing and pumping gas. And it was kind of a rainy day, which is unusual for Southern California. And I just stood there and just became very present. 
in the moment and was like, okay, I feel this cold breeze. I smell this air. And like doing that sort of process just brought me so much more back into the moment, into the present moment. And I go, wait, how often am I not right here? You know, how often am I not just where exactly I am without needing to be ready, getting ready for something else or without thinking about something that either has happened or is going to happen? How often am I just here outside of my spiritual work? How much am I just present for? In my daily life. Yeah, exactly. And so that was a nice little reminder for me is, is kind of being present even in this stuff, because like when I'm doing my spiritual work, right? Like I have to be present in the moment. That's what yes. I'm aware of. But even that is not necessarily here in my True. little physical life. That's my awareness sort of in this other yeah. space that's sort of separate for a second away from, from the spiritual thing. So coming back to that and remembering like, oh yeah, just like be, mm. be here now, right? Mm. Important concept to remind ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Wands is the suit of like spirit, right? So that for most of us humans here on earth, I feel like that's our core spiritual lesson is like learning how to just be like learning how to just exist, remembering that that's all we need to do. That is one of the big reasons that I think I am drawn to mediumship, but also struggle in mediumship is that I have a brain that wants to know what's the next thing that's going to happen and have that mm-hmm. definitively in order to stay safe. <laughs> like That's sure. how I've lived a lot of my life, yeah. right? So mediumship is teaching me, like, you can be safe in the moment. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. just be Learning to roll with what is, what is happening, what is happening. Like, just be. And you're, you're, you're so right because that's, I mean, mediumship in and of itself teaches you so many different lessons for life like lessons for because what it requires is us to be present to be vulnerable and to just be with what we are getting without trying to edit it without trying to do something to it figure it out figure it out understand it just be and and what a crazy concept right i know (laughs) oh just be you in this moment right now and that's it right yep it's i mean The card is about trust, right? Like I am trusting that I just have to survey and take the next step and that that's all I have to be and all I have to do. And yeah, trust is the work. Trust indeed. (laughs) Okay. Yay. So three of wands. We love you. Let's get into dream stuff, Michael. Now we haven't had any prior conversations about this, right? So we get to just go wherever we want to go. So I would just love to know if you have any sort of dream work practice, if that's something that you pay attention to, and if there's anything about your dream life that you might want to share. Yeah. So I have very clear dreams. (laughs) Like I have dreams all the time. In fact, my nickname from one of my friends is Dream Boy. (laughs) Because Because all I do is naps. (laughs) I just take water at the wrong time. You know, to make you laugh. I nap a lot. <laughs> and so I'm like in and out of like this world and my dream Love. world and like all that sort of thing. So I have a lot of dreams. Um, you know, I I love paying attention to what my dreams are because you know, the spirit world communicates in my dreams sometimes. Um, my own sort of prophetic. I mean, when I first started getting into mediumship, 
like when the medium asked me in my very mm. first, you know, time in a mediumship demonstration, like, and they said, are you aware you're very psychic? Yeah. I said yes, just because of dreams that had there come you go. true. Not because I had had any sort of other things. I just had dreams that had come true. Yeah. And so dreams have always, for me, even before I was into mediumship specifically, have always been something that I paid attention to. I mean, I can literally think of several dreams that either were prophetic in some way or were a truth about mm. life that I receive from some sort of higher guidance of some exactly. sort. One in particular is actually a very personal dream. And it was back in the day when I was like super Christian. Mm. I was a very super, super Christian when I was younger. I was going to be a pastor. That's yeah. what I wanted to do with my life. But being gay and Christian can sometimes uh -huh. in today's interpretations of Christianity can be in yes. conflict, right? And so that was my experience um, when I was that age. And so it didn't end up going down that route. But I remember I had this dream one day and it was a stormy, stormy like waters. Like we were either in the ocean or something like that. There was waves and all kinds of things. And there was a boat and there was Jesus mm -hmm. in the boat. And I'm kind of in the boat with Jesus. This is very like biblical, this, this story. Know, but, but yeah, there was, uh, Jesus was there and he started to walk on the water. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, Jesus, like, I want to be able to walk on the water too. Like, how do I do that? And I started to walk on the water, but then I started to sink in the water. And then he said to me, think lightly. And that is was the dream. Like that was all of it. I woke up after he said to me, think lightly. Now I probably was maybe seventh or eighth mm. grade at this point. So I was very yes. young when I had this. Dream. Looking back and referencing that concept of think lightly, which stood out to me, even in that moment, it was like, this is an important thing. I need to remember this. That is the crux of the work that I do now within mediumship we're trying to get oh out of our God. thinking mind. Think lightly also is such an important concept to me because I can be an overthinker. I can be, get wrapped up in my thoughts and things. And rather than be in here in my head, be here in my yeah. heart. The way you do miracles, such as walking on water, is to not get lost in the mind, the thinking mind, the trying to understand it, the trying to reason and process and do all these things. It's about going into the feeling place. It's about being in the moment, surrendering and trusting, yeah. right? The reason I began to sink was because I was thinking oh about God. it. But when I stopped thinking about it, I began to rise up again. So it's such an incredible thing. I mean, that also applies to things like, well, it's surrender, yes. right? Surrender. When we have anxiety, we have fear around accomplishing something or making something happen. We can get so bogged down in like the details. And then some of us, I mean, are even afraid to act because we don't know where this thing is going to yeah. take us. So we get so lost in that instead of just being. And so I've always carried that concept with me of this think lightly. And I didn't really apply it to my spiritual things until I started teaching, okay. where then it was like, oh, this is a core tenant of being able to do spiritual work, to be able to connect with the divine, is to get out of the thinking mind and into just the heart, into the feeling, into the core of what you are. As I'd say oftentimes when I teach is, your thinking mind is the antithesis to spiritual experiences. 
And that is the case. So that dream stands out wow. to me as a significant. Wow. I is so powerful, Michael. <laughs> like, but so simple. <laughs> but isn't that always the way that it feels? Like just to get something from spirit feels so profound and also just so simple, like just beautifully simple. That's the vibe. And, you know, as someone who also came into my spirituality through like a very regimented religion, namely fundamentalist Christianity, and has found a more open perspective. I just think it's so powerful that a figure like Jesus that can be such a fraught figure is just spirit. (laughs) It's just spirit, right? right? And I love that it was the water and that water in dreams is so often the emotional realm, right? It's the cups. And so I'm learning to walk on water. I'm learning to stay in the feeling, right? And not the mind and not try to control it and not try to make it something I want it to be, but just let the feeling be here. And that's so much of the work of therapy, too. I mean, God. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank God for therapy. I was going to say, therapy. I say that as someone both in therapy and who does therapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, therapy is the best. All for therapy. Everybody should have a therapist. Let's whether go. you think something's going on or not. Like, I'm literally pro, so pro-therapy. The hard thing, though, Jordan, and you must know this, sure. is it's hard to find a good therapist. I do know this. That is one of the most challenging things. And especially if you're in this realm and you have sort of like a spiritual bent to you. Although there is a lot of overlap, um, finding one that is that and also is good. (laughs) I completely agree. That is something actually, you know, as we get into more of the conversation about sort of your work, like I would love to get your take on that because I feel like there is potential for combining these worlds. But society at large tells us that these things should be so separate, like that therapy should be something that we do that is evidential and science-based. And then mediumship, that's something different. Like that's too out there. Like I can't put those in the same room together. And I just think that that's ridiculous. Like I I don't want to have to live under that thumb. Sure. But there's a lot of fear for me and like trying to combine those things and feel like I'm able to like be seen as legitimate, you know, in each of those worlds. So anyway, it's something I just wrestle with and that I just think about. Yeah, well, one of the things that I find really, really interesting is the best therapists are very intuitive. Yeah. Because they, there is this thing, and maybe this happens for you, but I know for myself from a very young age, When someone would come to me with their issues, with their problems, with whatever's going on, there was always this sort of headspace that would happen where you sort of like zone into this person and you're becoming aware of things about them without you even trying to. And there is this sort of almost like entrainment that happens where you sort of match up with the person And there's this sort of almost like stepping together as you move through this sort of mental landscape of this individual. I often also see it as like I'm stepping into their their mind, their thinking mind, their their sort of perspective. And I'm reorganizing all the boxes that have fallen over. 
of their awareness. And so there's this very natural entrainment process that I feel happens with good therapists where they allow themselves to be inspired for what is needed for that person in this exact moment, rather than be clinical, it's this, and then it's this, and then it's this. Like have those tools, yes, learn those tools, so that in the moment, you trust that flow, that movement of where the energy is taking you. So I think that a, a really good therapist is able to move with the flow of what is unfolding with that person instead of being too analytical yeah. clinical yes have that side but also complement it with this living person that's in front of you this movement this flow this experience okay yes michael well and what you're describing is very much akin to the work of sort of psychism like of blending in with someone's energy right and mm -hmm. i will say that i often find myself if I'm doing what I consider to be really good therapy, like really connected therapy, I'm in a space where I call it like no mind space. Like I'm not thinking. And I say that to people and they think that's weird. Like they think that means I'm just like blurting out gibberish, but that's not what it means. What yeah. it means is that I'm, I'm connected to them on a different sort of more energetic level and I'm responding with them. And then I'm using my analytical mind later on when I'm going through my notes and conceptualizing like kind of the case and what might be needed and where we might need to go. But moment to moment with this person in the room, that's not what I'm doing. A hundred percent. And I think that that is an excellent, excellent quality to have because that like you said, that moment to moment movement with the person that responding to the moment. And, and I don't know if this happens to you too, but I know for myself when I'm working with someone in that capacity, there's like little questions or prods or pokes yes. that sort of drop into your awareness of like, okay, oh, we need to turn just slightly this way so that they can come to this sort of awareness, right? Because I don't really think a therapist gives you answers. I really think that they just are there to sort I of agree. give you that guidance and kind of like be a sounding board and then also be able to be like, have you looked at it this way? Right? Yes. Like enhance your awareness. Exactly. exactly. Right? And so yeah. those, that's what happens to me is like, I start to feel like I'm literally going into it and I can start to feel, Ooh, here's the little spot that we need to get to. There's something right there. Let me probe and, um, you know, guide us to sort of what this thing is so that we can discover it. Cause that's the important thing. So you sort of like start to feel your way through yeah. this connection. I love that you call it the no mind space because that's really what it is. You're not being active. You're just being present no. and then letting the the flow of what's happening move and inspire you for what's mm -hmm. needed for your, your, your client. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I'm thinking about this now in relation to like a mediumship journey, right? And I'm understanding now that it took me years as a therapist to be able to trust enough to go into no mind space. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there were so many years where I felt like I had to just like do skills and do tools and try to like be solution right. oriented because that's right. what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to help this person right now. And so it took me a long time to feel like I could trust that. So right. yeah, it takes time. And so that's like when you're talking about combining what 
Mm-hmm. You know, your spiritual, mediumistic awareness, psychic awareness. I kind of just use all to mean the same thing in this moment. But sure. using that other awareness when you're working, I think, is a natural outpour of the situation rather than it being something I have to like work at or try to get mm. into that space. It's just like, yeah. no, 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 when you can just be present, it'll just happen. It'll flow. You'll feel it. When we try to use our thinking mind too much in that process, we're going to start to grab, right? And that's not to say that we aren't having thoughts. Of course we are. But it's this sure. sort of, it's sort of this thing where you're not leading it necessarily, uh, it's not originating with you in the thinking, reasoning, logic yeah. process. It's originating from an inspiration of, oh, this dropped into my awareness. This is a perfect thing to either say or do in this moment to enhance yeah. this experience. So that's how I would say is the best way to kind of incorporate these two things mm-hmm. um, together, in my opinion. Yes, I, that makes so much sense because I was just talking with a, I joined like a therapy group for the first time in my life recently, like a process group, therapeutic process group. And we were just talking about that the other day about how just being present with each other, like really, really present is like the most healing thing. Like I'm just with these other humans and we are just being so, so, so present together and that that feels so nice (laughs) we're all about connection human beings are social creatures and we are all about connection Mm -hmm. and one of the things that lacks in some ways it's not that it's gone but it's just that it's different it's not the same Uh, one of those things is connection that is lacking i think in a lot of a lot of ways and whether that's through just us not necessarily dealing with our own traumas or it's the use of like social media be as being the way of connection there seems to be some sort of lessening of our connection. So in some ways we're more connected in other ways, that yes. sort of authentic presence sort mm. of can sometimes feel, you know, a, a disconnect there. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's like, just understanding that there are different layers of presence. And so when you think about like the walking on the water together type of presence, it's like, we're just so like emotionally here in this moment, like from a feelings based place. Okay. Wow. My my mind is like wanting to go a million different places. I would also love to touch on just your thoughts about like visitation dreams, like spirit visitation dreams and sort of like whether you've experienced that or just what you think about that. I just know listeners are going to want to hear. Yeah. Visitations are a type of uh, dreamlike experience where our Mm -hmm. loved ones come uh, in spirit and come and connect with us. Visitations tend to be markedly different from your normal dream state, whereas sort of dreams sort of just happen and you kind of find yourself in a circumstance and you're sort of going along with those emotions and experiences as they unfold. You may not even have an awareness that you're necessarily even dreaming. A visitation, on the other hand, generally has a very sense of lucidity, clarity, It tends to be more clear, more vibrant, more obvious. You tend to almost know that you're dreaming at times where you're like, I know I'm asleep sort of thing, but here you are. Or you might recognize, wait, you're you're dead and here you are Mm -hmm. talking to me. I thought you were dead, right? Those kinds of experiences tend to be more visitation. Like they they feel very different from... Mm Something else. Like I know the difference between when my grandma's come through, I think twice in a visitation. Um, 
I know the other dreams where she's there, it's a dream. Versus yeah. when it's a visitation. In a dream, she's just sort of doing things like normal day-to-day things. We're not really, it just is happening, right? Sure. In a visitation, and like one of them that she did come to me, um, it's actually not long after she passed. And, you know, being a medium, this was one of the closest people who had passed to me yeah. prior to, I mean, I'd already been a medium for, I don't mm-hmm. know how many years, 15 years, 16 years. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that I really was going through the grief process, truly like deep grief. I mean, yes, yeah. I've had friends that have passed and things like that, but there was already some space between us when that happened. And yeah. so there wasn't anyone that was like, this is a person that is close to me. So when she passed, yes. I was, you know, I wasn't able to sense and feel anything because I was in my own grief because believe mm-hmm. it or not, mediums do grieve. <laughs> we know they're okay, Seriously. but you're grieving the change in the relationship. Right? You can't just hug them. You can't just call them up and just hear their voice. Ugh. You can't, you know, hold them and kiss them and all of that sort of thing. So your relationship yes. now changes. So we grieve the loss of that physical presence. I know she's okay. I know she's fine. But in this moment, you know, after it happened, I was like, listen, I talked to my guides. I was like, look, guys, this sucks. Listen up. <laughs> this is really uncomfortable. I'm not happy about this. Um, I'm very sad about this. I need to hear from her. Okay, and I need to hear it tonight. I don't care how or when, just as long as I hear from her tonight. Mm. My my guides gave me my little symbol for like, we hear you. Yes, that's what's going to happen. And I was like, okay, great. And then I just let it go, cried some more, eventually fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah, I had um, probably like three or four dreams. And then I had the visitation and then I had about like four more dreams. Mm. It was like smack dab in the center of like Like all these dreams. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I I remember having like a ton of dreams and then becoming very lucid and aware at this visitation. And we had this Mm. really amazing communication and she actually gave me something that was evidential that I completely forgot was true, which when I woke Mm. up, I called my sister and I was like, I think... You know, our grandma visited me last night and this is what happened. I'm all, but you know what? There's one thing there's, she was talking about this dog that like can run around and go play and like do whatever he wants now and how great it is where she is and all this sort of thing. And I was like, and I don't know what the heck she's talking about because she didn't have a dog. Like, I don't like, what is she talking about? So maybe this was just a dream. Like I was kind of like disappointed, right? Because I was just like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. My sister goes, Michael. She's talking about Lucky. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I forgot literally like three years before she died, Lucky, her dog had died. And so Mm. I completely forgot about Lucky, had no thinking of him at all. And that was sort of that little piece I needed to go, wait, she was actually referring to something I didn't even have awareness of uh, or completely forgot. So that was really profound to me because then that made me kind of trust more all of the other experience that we had and all the communication that we had uh, prior to to the dog part. <laughs> so <laughs> that's an example of a visitation that I think is powerful for me. Beautiful. Um, and I hope, you know, for everyone who's listening, they get an opportunity for a visitation. But yeah, I demanded it. I was like, listen, okay, I'm I'm ready. I'm do all this work for you for nothing. I need this now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And then it happened. So that was cool. You're like, I'm going to ask for something now. Yeah. Okay. I don't normally yeah. ask you guys for much. 
But this I'm going to ask for because your boy is in pain. <laughs> no, I know. I Yeah, as someone, same story where like my grandmother was the first very close person of mine who passed. So yes. And while I haven't necessarily had visitation dreams from her, I've talked to a lot, lot of clients about visitation dreams. And they almost always say the same thing, which is it felt like just a normal day of us just talking and conversing. And it felt so vivid and real. And I had like, it was all just imprinted on my mind when I woke up, like it was just right there. Um, and so I've encouraged a lot of clients like to trust that as a form of communication because I, yeah, that's, it's real. Um, and I was so glad to hear too, that you, even though there was a piece of it that you didn't understand that instead of just letting yourself, you know, write it off and be like, well, it must not have been real then that you ch checked up about it. And then you got more information. Like Absolutely. I hear about that a lot in mediumship readings too, right? Where it's yeah. like. I have to research this evidence sometimes. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I have to go and ask somebody. doesn't mean it's not and real. That's a good thing, right? Like it's, a, it's even more validating when you didn't know it yourself. <laughs> Definitely. Completely forgotten. If anyone knows me, I have the memory of a fish. So like. Oh my God, same ADHD. It's so bad. Exactly. Yeah. I have no memory. Like. Same. I literally don't delete any text messages ever. Same. I don't delete same. emails. Because unless I, unless I know I don't need to keep track of this. And the reason is, is it helps me to have a chronological memory of what happens. So yeah, real, <laughs> that's real. So like me saying, I literally forgot that she had a dog. Like, I can't even tell you what I ate yesterday. Actually, that's a lie. I can tell you what I ate yesterday, but I can't <laughs> tell you what I ate the day before. <laughs> Just because yesterday stands out. It was kind of a, my favorite meal. So like, it's good. It was really good. It was very salient and it stuck in my mind. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. It's so much more powerful to go off and check on that information and to get some new or reminder that you didn't have before. And, you know, as a developing medium, I can also attest that if I get a piece of information and I get a no, I automatically assume that I'm like doing something wrong. Right. Whereas the truth is as you develop and trust yourself and your connection more and more, you may understand to ask the sitter, like, go, go check on that later and just see, um, you okay. never know. So. Well, and the thing is, is that oftentimes you are right. So it's important for you not to shoot yourself down because <sighs> you know, you are actually going to be right. If other things were making sense and then you get this piece, that's just like, I don't know or no. And then you get more correct information. That probably was right too. You just need to have mm -hmm. that person check in on it. Oh my God. It's just so crazy. It's just fascinating. I love it so much. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, looking at the time, knowing that we need to keep moving and talking about your book and your work. Okay, so for the listeners, my connection to Michael is that Michael is my teacher. So yeah. I've taken classes at his fabulous Oak Bridge Institute with Megan Elisa, who I also adore. And they are both just so dedicated to really quality, ethical mediumship, you guys, like so strong in their ethical, you know, code and just really wanting to create, you know, a healing 
space and avoid any kind of like power dynamics, right? And I just feel so safe with you guys. And I just love learning from you guys. So I had to just shout that out real quick because I just love you guys. So Well, yay. thank you. That's obviously one of the biggest compliments we can receive <laughs> is when one of our students is excited and happy. And, you know, yes. our goal is to be in integrity at every turn. Right. And to create that safe space, that's literally why we made Oakbridge, because unfortunately, not all teachers are made the same and not all teachers are. I mean, they're going to let their own stuff get in the way of their their teaching. And, And Megan and I work very hard at that. We are constantly aware of, okay, students are like a tower of marbles. They are very, very hard to build and very easy to break down. And so we try our hardest to be as gentle, compassionate, loving, Mm -hmm. safe as we possibly can, Um, because mediumship is scary and it requires vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And if we're over here letting our egos (laughs) run run the show, um, it's gonna make it harder for you guys. And I don't think it's as effective. So we're all about uh, results, (laughs) integrity and results. Yes, exactly, with the emphasis on really having quality evidence and like pushing your development towards that, like not settling for, you know, kind of wishy-washy evidence. Like we want to really develop and get that strong, good evidence. So if you want to say anything else about that, feel free. I also would love to touch on the fact that you guys are so no fear oriented towards the spirit world, which also means a lot to me because I've encountered teachers who were not because of their own belief systems, they believe that maybe there's something to fear or there can be negative, evil, you know, energy. So any of that that you might want to touch on, I just feel like it also really sets you guys apart and just really matters. So So with regards to what evidence means, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, evidence is what a medium is supposed to provide so that you know that who's coming through is who they say they are, right? So uh, things like personality, shared memories, significant, you know, dates or names or just details about someone's life that makes you go, yeah, yeah that's them, right? That's what yes. we're referring to when we say uh, what evidence is, because ultimately evidence is really important because otherwise I can just go, okay, Jordan, I have your grandmother here. And she says, you should sell your house and send, give me the money. And like, right, like oh you, I could just tell you anything. I mean, grandma's not going to say that, but like, I can get, I can, I can tell you anything without proving that, yes, she's actually communicating. I could be working from my this mind. Is, yes. And this ends up consciously or unconsciously being an abuse of power. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and so having the ability to know how to get accurate and clear specific information is something that we as evidential mediums work really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And that leads us into the evil spirits thing. So being able to provide clear, accurate, and specific information requires that you are neutral about the information, that you don't actually bring in your baggage or your own stuff into it and learn how to be neutral about whatever experience that you're having. So where, you know, these negative spirits and things like that stuff comes from is from scary experiences that people have. Now, why is something scary It's often Mm -hmm. scary because either we don't understand what's happening, right? And then when we start having an experience where we don't understand what's happening and we have a belief system that makes space for things like demons and evil spirits, we immediately in the fear start to attribute whatever we're experiencing 
to that. And so, you know, I always use the analogy or the story. I don't know what if it's an analogy or what, but I always use this whenever I'm teaching this concept. And it's, you know, let's say I am a neutral, non-fear-based medium. I feel a pressure on my throat, right? A tightness. Yeah. It's very strong, right? I might go, oh, this person had some sort of difficulty breathing at the end of their life because I can feel this strong pressure on my throat. The sitter says yes. And then that that experience lets go and I move on. Right. right? Now, let's say I'm a fear-based medium. I'm protecting myself. I'm making sure nothing's going to ever get me, et cetera, et cetera. And I start to feel a pressure on my throat. Mm-hmm. I might then go, oh, this is really strong. This is really tight. Boom, fear starts to creep in. Yes. I my, Now my heart starts to pound, right? Oh, I'm starting to feel a little bit lightheaded. Oh no, I'm under psychic attack now. And so they, they start to make assumptions about their experience because there has to pass through the filter of their beliefs. So if they don't have a neutral belief system where it's neither good nor bad, it's just neutral. whatever the experience is, then we start to try to place things on top of it because we're trying to understand what is actually happening here. So it's that misinterpretation. I also use this analogy. You're in the living room, right? And you're in the dark, but you're watching a sitcom and mm-hmm. you know, you're laughing and whatever. And your roommate pops and goes, what are you watching? Uh, you go, Oh, I'm watching, you know, Friends, whatever. I don't know what you're watching. Maybe Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know. You're watching something. And then you guys laugh together, right? Now, switch the circumstances. You are watching a horror movie. The killer is about Mm. to get the person. And your roommate now pops in and goes, what are you watching? You immediately go, oh, my God, right? (laughs) Because now you're already in that heightened fear state. So the same stimulus, which was neutral, is now creating an entirely different response because of what your belief systems are. And so it's so important for us to learn to be neutral as mediums so that we can be present with what is rather than what our, you know, nervous system is responding or our brains Mm -hmm. are to fill in. We need to be as neutral as possible. And when you are neutral, I promise you, you're never going to experience anything negative, scary or bad ever. Yes, that this is the experience of someone who's been doing this for decades of your yeah. life. Yes, years now in February. Like I've never encountered anything scary. And if I'm honest, I can own that I am still, even after a couple years now of kind of, you know, wading into these waters, I'm still trying to let go of like some sort of indoctrinated fear of the spirit world. Like it can run really deep. So I guess I also want to say like, we all have to be patient with ourselves. Like unlearning something like that can be really hard. Absolutely. I think one of the things that helps you unlearn that is experience. And the yes. experiences of what the byproduct of working with the spirit world is, which is more love, more peace, more connectedness, more surrender, healing. more trust, healing. And when you start to have those, you'll get as close as you can get to that until your fear kicks in. And then you'll back away, right? But then the next time you might go a little little. bit closer and then you'll back away and then you'll get a little bit closer. And then slowly you're building that trust with the other world as you little step-by-step inch your way towards truer and truer connection. Where's our guy? Step-by-step. That's right. (laughs) That's it. Like one step at a time. Yep. Just keep going. I had this thought the other day. I was like, if it takes me like my whole life to develop my mediumship that's okay like why does it have to be it doesn't have to be in a like a time frame like let go of that who cares um so yeah it's one of the best attitudes you can have because it takes the pressure (laughs) off 
of the, the unfold accomplishment or whatever. Yeah. Like, no. So yeah, Oak Bridge is amazing. Everyone go check them out. And then Michael, please tell us a little bit about your amazing book. I was telling Michael before we started that I devoured his book this week. I just <laughs> chomped it down and it was delicious. And I will just say quickly that I've read many books on mediumship because I'm nerding out about this subject all the time. And Michael's, I would say, is one of the most practical that I've read where it's just yeah. so like practical, break it down, tell me what I need to know, like good examples. So I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So my book, Spirits Make So, if you're watching this yes. video, you'll see the little cover. Spirits yes. It's a, it's a step-by-step and evidence-based approach to genuine spirit communication. I always have to read that subheading. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Can this thing's so complicated. Again? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's a guide to evidential mediumship. And so what I wanted to do with this book was hand is like have something I can just hand to someone and say they're like oh I want to learn mediumship and I go here you go here you go everything you need to know as a foundational understanding of your mediumship and even beyond that right even if you're an intermediate or something like that it's all there I mean I put all of it in that little thing and it's actually meant to also work as sort of a course as well so it takes you sort of step by step into your connection Um, obviously it doesn't replace, you know, the years of development in a circle and that sort of thing. Um, but it definitely, yes, we can talk about that too. Yeah. yeah, It definitely provides you with the information you need to get yourself in the right direction with uh, development. Um, and yeah, there's practical exercises and things like that. Um, and also I have a very grounded, non woo woo fear-based sort of approach <laughs> like I'm just I'm absolutely just not, I'm just not woo woo really I mean I am no. and I'm not I am in the sense that I do know that these spiritual experiences and things are real and you can have them I'm not in my approach meaning it should happen through your own personal experience I'm not going to just say oh these are the rules about working with the spirit world and then you know you do something else and then that that's not how it works. Exactly. You're going to experience exactly what I'm saying and consistently, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's going to provide you with a truth about spirit communication rather than my opinion about spirit communication. Yes. Like there's, there's a method it's methodical, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I like that you use the word grounded, Like you're not bringing in a lot of other kind of ideologies. It's just like, this is a very grounded, practical approach to a, you know, time tested and beloved practice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing. I'm curious to hear from you though. Like what was some of the things that stood out to you? What did you really take away or or that you really appreciated from it? Well, so, okay. I, first of all, I highlighted like most of this book because ADHD (laughs) brain, I have to (laughs) hold on to these (laughs) little things, but I will say that I really loved the fact that you went into detail about some of these belief systems that we've talked about, about how you have to be able to have this neutral frame of mind. And you even went so far as to break out like certain kind of common fear-based narratives that we hear and even fear-based media. Like you do this whole breakdown of like the story from the exorcist and how like looking at it from this, these different kind of more neutral like frames of mind. And again, like for me as someone who's still trying to heal from some of these things, I just, I loved that you went to that, 
degree to talk about that kind of stuff. And then also, I loved that you really broke down each kind of step of the process because as someone who has taken each of the foundations courses at Oak Bridge, right? Mm -hmm. There's intermediate and advanced courses as well. But I felt like you really took us through each kind of level of that foundational development all the way through including like things that can go wrong and things that can come up. And it just felt like you answered every single one of my questions. Like I, I, by the end of the book, I was like, oh my God, he answered everything I wanted to know literally about this entire process. Broke it all down, Michael. Chef's kiss. Like (laughs) it was just so great. I mean, like, you know, I've read a lot of other mediumship books that are also wonderful, but that are a lot more sort of philosophical, maybe I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And, and I felt like this was just a lot more kind of just practical, grounded. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure yeah. I'll have my, my more philosophical leaning look uh, ones that come in for sure. Plenty of space for that. Yeah. But um, this one was meant to be literally a step-by-step yes. evidence-based and that it approach. Is. <laughs> With and, all of the exercises that you need to practice, like totally broken down. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So good, Michael. Congratulations. Like, oh, wow. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I actually great. wrote that book in three weeks. <laughs> That's amazing. Although I'm as not, an ADHD person, I'm I like, say, I have to, yeah, I have to do something. ADHD brain. Like, <laughs> yes. yes, that's, that was exactly how this worked. It was like, they were like, Hey, you have this deadline if you want this to come out by next year. And I was like, Oh, okay. A deadline. I can work with that. <laughs> started it I'll like just do it month, right now. Started it like a month before the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I had agreed. I was like, they're like, if you want it, it was like August. So like, if you want it to be published by next year, you got to get it in by October, you know, 1st or whatever. Yes. And so, yeah, or something like that. I remember the date, November 1st, actually. So it was like September, like I started writing it in October. Like I literally took the month of October mm-hmm. and I went, okay, I'm right. And I probably took out like seven days in that whole month of not writing. Totally. Um, and like that, I think that speaks to, Number one, just my ADHD brain <laughs> and being inspired. But number two, this book was ready to be written. Mm. It was like ready to be written. Like I, I yes. had it in there. It just needed a moment. It just needed a little push to like give me the motivation to sit down and do it. And also I'd never written a book before. So I didn't know what that process was going to look like. Now I know exactly what my process is because, you know, those of us with ADHD, I, you know, you learn your own little tricks of what works Mm -hmm. for you on how you do it. I mean, that's how I got through college. It's how I was able to write a book, right? Like you learn, what do I need to make this work? For some people, that's medication. For other people, it's going to be little trips, tricks and tips of things. You know what I mean? And like accommodating my needs. Exactly. Neither is better nor worse. It's just, how does it work for you? What, what, what do you want to do? How do you want to make that happen? One of the biggest tips for me, for anyone else who has this challenge, <laughs> has special brains like us, is Spicy. putting music with no words works 100. really well for me. So like any yes. kind of just like, just subtle background music. That's like, it just does something to my brain that now I can actually focus. Like when I have to sit down and respond to like 56 emails, even though I just did like 28 the day before it's, that's what I have to do. I I know what's going to trick my awareness into like, okay, it's time to focus. So this is why I'll go and work at like a coffee shop, not too busy of a coffee shop, but just a little gentle hum in Mm -hmm. the background. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
a hundred percent. So yep. find what works for you, you know, find what works for you. My brain just gave me one more, like just thing I wanted to point out about the book that I thought was interesting and unique was that you also brought in some really cool examples of some of your favorite mediums from like the past and sort of like, you know, pioneers of mediumship. Um, yeah. and I thought that was so fun and it made me want to do a deep dive on some more of them too. So yeah. Yeah. I, I loved that because, number one, I have so much respect for pioneers of modern spiritualism um, because they kind of paved the way to, not kind of, they did pave the way for what we have today as mediumship. And not only that, they had to go up against, you know, an establishment um, that oftentimes made what they did illegitimate, illegal, they also had to fight for, you know, being able to have these talks and things like that. I mean, literally people were run out of town at times. Literally, yeah. Thrown, rocks were thrown at some of these people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they just, they they went through so much to try to get this movement going. And, and it's incredible what they were able to accomplish. And then not only that, the amazing feats that their mediumship was able to reach. And to help, and what some people probably don't know is spiritualism is actually largely tied to the, it was connected to, I think it's the Civil War. I want to say it's the Civil War. Very connected to the Civil War. I mean, mediums did seances for Abraham Lincoln, right? And they were were speaking for for trying to get, you know, slavery uh, abolished and all kinds of things. So like... There's, there's amazing connection there just from a historical standpoint of the spirit world trying to help, you know, literally free slaves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's like... Important moments in history where this had to emerge, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, then, and then, you know, with uh, the World War II, right? Mediums were, or World War I actually more so, mediums were, that's why spiritualism grew so much because this was the first time that they had, you know, sons and sons who had gone off to yeah. war and literally not any of them came mm-hmm. back. I know. Right? And mediums were there, whereas, you know, Christians at the time may not have been able to provide the answers people were wanting. Here, mediums were able to, or I should just not say just Christians, but just established sure. religions. Mediums were able to go, here's the evidence, here's the facts, here's what's happened. And now, not only that, here they are still continuing on, which for so many people made such a big difference. So there tends to be this tie between um, strong mediumship um, and kind of world issues going on as well. Makes sense. Anyway, I don't go over any of that in this book. (laughs) What I do go over are some of the amazing (laughs) mediums that come out of that environment. And um, to me, mediumship is so multifaceted. There's so many different ways that the spirit world can express itself. It's not just delivering spirit message, just as in, you know, me communicating it to you. It can come through so many other ways. And so we go over some of those things because it's so important for us to recognize what's possible. What we often see on things like TV um, or social media, we kind of see mediocre mediumship. So when you see what is possible we see amazing profound tested 
mediumship, you then go, oh, wait, the bar is actually here. I need to keep yes. growing so that I can get to there rather than being like, I have a, I have a J name. Is it what, who's, who's, who's the J name, right? Like rather than real. that, <laughs> yeah. right. It then becomes, I have, you know, Miranda, there's Johnson. more possible. I have Miranda yeah. Johnson here and she's here with Elizabeth Clark and they used to go and, you know, down to the street of Willingmanton or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, like going into this whole, like high level of mediumship. So it's so important for us to have a connection to the past. I feel personally, but I'm also Capricorn rising. Oh, so love. <laughs> we love. Oh my history. God. Okay. That makes so much sense. <laughs> we love the facts, right? Like give me all the facts. So for anyone who is just like curious and interested in mediumship, I really empower you to like with a very open mind, just start picking up some of this literature. Like just, you don't have to become any specific kind of person. If you read up on this stuff a little bit, just like let yourself be curious and interested. For me, it has been just such a rewarding, expansive journey, three of wands, and it's continuing to unfold. So Michael, thank you for being such a great part of that. I really, really adore you. I Yes. Oh, my pleasure. I adore you too. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, it's my pleasure to get to do this. I mean, I spent so many years and, and like for those of you who don't think they have any ability, yeah. I want you to know I was one of those people. I didn't know I had any ability until a medium said you're a medium. You need to start developing. One day you'll be doing what I'm doing. That literally changed my life. I went to my first development circle. It all worked, Right. Yeah. And then I went back the next time and nothing happened. And I went back the next time and nothing happened. And I went back. The, the next that's time so important. Happened. It's okay if it's inconsistent. Exactly. And especially in the beginning when you're just learning, right? You're learning how to do this. It's a skill just like anything else. You don't have to be born this. You don't have to have some magical ability. You're a spiritual being having a human yes. experience. You already are that thing that you're searching for, right? You're a spirit communicator right now you just happen to be in a body right so you're already connected to the other side you're already connected to that other world which is even more reason why i'm like there's not evil spirits and bad things because it's just like you're already connected to that you are an extension of that you are exactly so it's like there's nothing that you ever have to fear from the other world so even if you don't think you have any ability check it out anyway because like this is just a truth about reality. This is just a truth about life. And the more that we understand more, even just for ourselves, about that we're more than just this mm-hmm. physical body, the more that we will have these byproducts, which include things like compassion yes. for other people, love for other people, understanding, a desire to leave a positive impact on the world. Those are all things that come from this deeper understanding uh, if we let it, right? Yes, exactly. Like we were talking about earlier in this conversation, the importance of connection and interconnection and letting our awareness of our spiritual nature feed that, right? Like however it unfolds for you, it's just a good thing. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, Michael, so anything that you want to leave us with, please also just share where listeners can find you and connect with you and engage with. Yeah, so you can find me on all the social media platforms under Medium Michael Mayo. M-A-Y-O is how you spell my last name. And then 
you can get my book on Amazon, Spirit Speaks. You can also get it through Llewellyn.com, which is the publisher. You can work with me or Megan Elisa um, through uh, the Oak Bridge Institute. We actually have more than just us teaching there. We have teachers from the Arthur Finley College. We have teachers um, that we have trained and taught uh, that also work there. So we have weekly circles that you can um, come and check out, uh, which is a traditional way of developing mediumship. And then uh, we also have progressive courses. That's kind of what you take. Um, yes, that was the thing I was going to say, Michael, you reminded me is I was going to point out that you guys have this great breadth of teaching where you can either sign up for ongoing courses where you're, you know, in a six, eight week course and really digging in, or you can also drop in and you can join circles, which Michael, you can describe circles so much better than I can, but I really enjoyed plugging into your circle offerings. Yeah. So we have practice circles and development circles. Uh, development circles are where you get instruction as well as time to practice. And then practice circles are just to be paired up with someone to continually practice. Um, and those circles are great because they allow you to, you don't have to make any kind of commitment to anything. You can just exactly. attend. And that's actually the traditional Drop way of in. developing is just coming to weekly circles. So you don't even have to do the step-by-step uh, approach. But we do offer that too as courses because we think it's a very full and very, yes. we really hold your hand through the process, which I think helps you feel more confident and a little less Absolutely. like, oh, okay, sink or swim sort of feeling. So we definitely encourage people to do that. And we cover all kinds of things. We have psychism courses, we have mediumship courses, and we're only expanding the course options uh, as we go. So yay. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, love, I, love I am excited do. about that. Yeah, I, I love what we do. Um, we're quickly becoming like the go to place online for mediumship yes. development. And it's because we it. have a high standard, we have a high standard yes. of ethics, you know, you're going to get good quality teaching, you know, that you're going to be supported, no one's going to be a jerk <laughs> to you. And so and that does happen out there. So we really need to create a safe space for people to learn and grow and discover. Yes. Right? So. Oh, love it. And that's oakbridgeinstitute.org, oakbridgeinstitute.org. Oakbridge Institute. And we will link to all of this in our show notes for everyone. Check it out, you guys. Oakbridge is just a special place full of special people. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> so nice to have great yeah. students. We're very lucky. We get a lot of really great people. Great people. We, t- you know, I mean, people who really are all about the love and the kindness, we tend to gravitate it's towards true. each other. It's so. true. And Yay. I think that, you know, when you're learning from certain people, your students tend to emulate what you put off. And Megan sure. and I's central point is to be loving, compassionate, and in, and in integrity. Yes. So we tend to get 100%. those. 100%. <laughs> you guys are all those, all those as well. Yay. Oh, Michael, you're the best. Thank you for being here. Um, I look forward to lots more fun at Oak Bridge. I will be dropping in and I'm doing home circle now, which is so fun. So yeah, I'm excited. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me and please have me back. I come here anytime you want. That's a wrap for this episode and season two of the show. We will be back with season three in September. Thank you again to my guest, Michael Mayo. In my book, a good teacher deserves the reverence of an ancestor. Thank you for consistently providing a safe and guiding light in this weary world. 
Special thanks as well to our newest Patreon member, Jessica. If you believe in this work and want to support the continuation of our show, please join us on Patreon. There we are building a community where you'll find bonus dream work exercises, guided meditations, fun minisodes, and so much more. You can find that at patreon.com backslash psyche magic. The link is in show notes. Don't forget, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, you'll be automatically entered into a monthly contest to win a free shadow work tarot session with yours truly. Even if all you can muster is a quick rating wherever you get your podcasts, we greatly appreciate it. It truly makes a difference and helps other people find the show. Do you have questions or a dream you want to share? Please drop me an email at psychemagicpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voicemail via the link in show notes. I'd love to hear from you and you could be featured on a future episode. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok, my favorite, at psyche underscore magic. Also check out my Psyche Magic playlist on Spotify. The link is in show notes. Psyche Magic was produced, written, and recorded by me, Jordan Hale. Editing for this episode is by Masuzu Inaga. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Daniel Higby, Michael McMillan, and Grace Fuse. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website, psychemagicpodcast.com. Psyche Magic is available via Anchor across all podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. Until next time.